it's funny because I've had that experience a bunch of different times in my life where I look at other people and, you know, my personality trait is, you know, I'm going after things. I want to be successful. I want to use that pain from the past to drive me to the yeah. forward. And I want to learn how to live in happiness and love. And I've been doing a bunch of that. But then you look and I, I don't mean anything negative by this, but I mean, uh, just literally people who are simple and content and they're happy in their job and they're not going after anything. And I look at them and I'm like, man, it would be so much easier if I could just live in that place. But that's just not me, you know? I'm Stephen Pesavento and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by The Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. I have Dino Watt in the studio. How are you doing today, Dino? I'm awesome as always, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because you've got a really interesting story. You worked in entertainment for many years. Yeah. Uh, you then got into some real estate, you went bankrupt, and then you found a path towards your passion where you're really helping people make a huge change. And one of those things happens to be around marriage and relationships. I know you're doing that for a lot of business owners. So before we get into all of that, what I'm curious about, Dino, is looking back on your life when you were a child, what influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Ooh, good question. Probably the most profound was my parents' divorce. Uh, when I was eight years old, my mom and dad divorced. I had uh, two older brothers, a younger sister. And I tell this story from the stage sometimes about being standing on the sidewalk and watching my dad pack up his stuff and thinking in that moment, like, I can help you with your, like, I understand why mom gets upset when you do X or whatever, but of course I'm eight. Right. Yeah. And that was a huge shift in my mind of really wanting to understand why relationships work or don't work. And it's probably started me most on my journey of emotional intelligence and helping me understand how to connect with people. I wasn't a very smart kid. At least I, I felt I wasn't, I was always in that, you know, red reading group where all the, the special kids went because I, I couldn't spell. I was terrible at reading. And I didn't know at the time that I had dyslexia. I didn't find out till I was an adult, but um, it just made me really passionate about understanding people. And so I think that, and then I think the other thing that shaped who I am today is I found, I found other parental figures in my life that I, mm -hmm. I really leaned on, especially men and a lot of men in my life that helped me and, 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 teachers, female teachers, female family friends that I just really love to connect with and, and wanted to create relationships. So even more than marriage specifically, it was the relationship mm -hmm. side of things. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. And the reason I always bring this question up for anyone who's new to the show is because I think when you understand where people come from, mm -hmm. it ends up the things that happen when we're very young end up leading truly to who we sure. become. And I know I can relate a lot to that. I grew up you know, single mom of four kids. My mom left my dad when I was five and we had 
a variety of different parental figures coming and going. And, you know, I learned some really uh, amazing things from that. And I learned some really things that I absolutely do not want to bring into my own life. And it put me on this path of curiosity about finding people who are having successful relationships or having failing marriages and being able to ask them questions that most people don't even bother to bring up. And I've been able to learn so much. And I know you've been married for a very long time. You met your wife when you were five and yeah. divine intervention led you to, to come in together. If you look back on before you were married, let's say you're, you know, you're a young man. What do you know today about marriage that you would tell a younger version of yourself that would either lead to a great marriage or would lead to you avoiding the pitfalls that often do come up in marriage? Yeah. Um, if I look back to me as like a teenager, I mean, I, I got married kind of young, so I have to go back to like high school years. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably say patience is not just a virtue. It's a necessity, especially in a relationship and patience and perspective. It's something that I've learned quite a bit of understanding that my perspective is not necessarily correct. And it's definitely not how they're seeing the situation. I do an exercise with all my teams and sometimes in some of my speeches where it's all about perspective and understanding that your perspective is so specifically yours. And I use my wife and I as an example that even though we have been married, we just celebrated uh, 29 years. Um, and like you said, we've known each other since we were five. We grew up in the same neighborhood. We had the same faith. We, she was there when my parents divorced. I was there when her dad died, like all that stuff. But the biggest challenges come in our relationship when we're seeing it only through our perspective and not willing to say, mm -hmm. all right, so how are, like, obviously, obviously you love me and obviously I love you. So we're not deliberately going to tick each other off. We're not deliberately going to be rude to each other. So there's got to be something else going on here. You are seeing this from a different position. I'll even say like this happened this morning, oddly enough, is I have a new product that I'm creating and I have my graphic designer create this new, um, uh, basically a, an opening title card for it. And I saw it and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm so glad you did that. And then I take it to my wife who isn't so involved in my business, but you know, I always go to her to say, Hey, what's your opinion? And mm -hmm. she was like, Oh, Oh, this is, this is not what I thought at all. This is, a, and mm -hmm. I felt myself getting annoyed and frustrated mm -hmm. being like, well, no, you're just supposed to say, yes, this is perfectly fine. And you did a great <laughs> job. And instead you're giving me your critique. But of course she's looking at through her perspective of what she thinks I want this product to be or mm -hmm. to say, and I'm doing it for mine. And so that causes the discontent. So I would tell myself, remember your perspective is just totally hundred percent your perspective and that's it. There's no value in it. It's just your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so challenging because it's so valuable to have a partner who's going to be honest with you, who's going to tell you what they think they're going to be open to a conversation where you're going to actually be able to pitch and catch back and forth. But sometimes that's going to feel like conflict yet in that moment, that little person inside of you or the big person is thinking, Hey, I just want you to say it's great. Yeah. Yep. That's all I want. I just want you to be like, good job. Pat on the head, especially Listen, I believe that men have two main motivators. Hey, men and women have two main motivators in anything. And the first motivator for all men is what I call to be the superhero, to 
feel like the one person that you chose on this earth to spend your life with, that they look at you or that you're able to come to them and they go, man, you did a great mm-hmm. job. And to have that, and maybe it does go back to like even being a kid and getting your parents' approval, right? Especially your mom's approval or whatever. But it is that idea that can we, or can you just tell me I'm doing okay? Because if I, if you can tell me that, if you tell me I'm doing a good job, I'll keep doing it and I'll do it even better. And I used to say that I had a friend whose dad was a coal miner and I just thought, man, that's gotta be the worst job in the world. Mm-hmm. Out of all the jobs of coal, I mean, yeah, you go to sewer and all that stuff, but coal miner, it's dark, it's dank, it's, you never see the light. And I know that I married somebody that if I was a coal miner, that when I went out the door every day, she would say, honey, you're the greatest coal miner in the world. Thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate all that you're doing. And when I came home and even if I had soot all over me and I got it on her clean floor, she would say, thank you for doing what you do and providing for our family. You're the best coal miner. And I would act as if I was the best coal miner because she made me feel that way. So there's Mm -hmm. huge power in that, especially for guys. And I'm totally being stereotypical, but especially for guys to feel that from the one person that you love the most in the world. Yeah. Well, and it's so valuable to select a partner that has that trait or that characteristic. I feel like a lot of times people get into relationships and they like some things about a person, but they're not necessarily looking for or searching for those characteristics because the expectation that somebody is going to change who they are throughout the relationship, uh, it's going to happen inevitably. It just may not happen exactly the way that you want. And so if you're talking to somebody pre-marriage, what do you recommend for them in finding this person? If you're in a marriage, what do you recommend to somebody who is already in that and they're facing up against that clash or those challenges where they're not taking on that perspective and they're not having that patience? Yeah, well, I'll say that I, I believe that I'm going to take this to conversation or communication because that's where almost all breakdown is in communication. Right. And so if I was talking to somebody who is pre-marriage I would tell them that all communication success is determined by the setup of that communication. And so if that marriage is just years and years and years of communication, which it is and communicating between two people, then how are you going to set up for success? And the number one thing is I would ask about those things you just talked about, right? Like, like if I truly understand that about myself, which I don't think all guys do understand that until it's pointed out to them, but I would say, Hey, I want you to know that in order for me to achieve my best, I'm going to need you to be that person who is my best cheerleader. I'm going to need you to be the person who is encouraging me, even when I might've made a Mm -hmm. mistake that you can tell me, Hey, I know you made a mistake or that wasn't cool, but I know you can do better Then I need that. So the setup for that communication is crucial. So asking questions, I am shocked It's still of all these years of working in relationships, shocked at the amount of people who got married and didn't ask basic questions like how many kids do you want to have? Or do you want to have kids? Uh, yeah. Where do you want to live versus not want to live? For example, I would be perfectly happy living in a congested city like New York or San Francisco mm-hmm. or LA. My wife would never want to do that, but I knew that going into it, right? So that was a sacrifice. I was willing to go, okay, well, that's not that important to me. I mean, it'd be fun, but not important. I'm cool to live out outside of a city. But for my wife, that's a non, non-starter. non No way would she live in a city. She would not be happy there. So 
those are simple, basic questions. And there's a lot of them that you should be asking more about. Even what are your you know political leanings are pretty simple and basic to understand your religious faith and all that stuff. But get down to the nitty gritty of what do you want? Which is when I am struggling, how are you going to support me? And then now if you're in that marriage and you haven't asked those questions, well, there's no better time to start than now. Like literally sit down with them and ask, so this is what we've done so far, but I don't know if we have clarity on where we're going. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your wants and your needs. My wife and I have a question we ask ourselves, which I think is incredibly powerful, which is how am I doing as Mm -hmm. a spouse? How am I doing as a father? And in her case, it's as a mother, right? And, and the thing about that question is this is for us, it's a trigger. If I'm asking Shannon that question, if she's not in the space to actually be able to have that conversation with me, she has every right to say, you know what? I appreciate you asking me that, but I'm not, maybe she's upset with me. Maybe she's cranky that day. Maybe whatever. Maybe the kids have upset her. So she gets to say, I'm not prepared to answer that question right now, but let's set up a time to do so. But if she is in that space, it's a trigger for her to know that I'm asking genuinely. This is not an opportunity for her to go, well, let me tell you how you are, right? And jump on me. It's for her to give me positive and uh, effective feedback. I'll tell you, there was a time where this happened specifically. And she said, okay, let me tell you that lately you've been really good about focusing on this thing. However, You've also been really sarcastic with the kids and it's picked up with them. They've, they've been being more sarcastic, but their, so their sarcasm, it hurts me. It's, it's biting. And so I'd like you to be a little more attentive to how you're teaching them how to be funny versus biting sarcasm. (laughs) All of a sudden I'm like, wow, I didn't even see that. And of course now I see it everywhere with them since she said that and it changed the way, but it gave me an ability to grow. In the same way. So it's just asking that question. A lot of people don't want to ask that question because they, they fear the yeah. answer. Right. But if you set it up by this is the trigger, I'm asking you because I really want to know and grow, not because I want to be defensive and say, that's not true. I'm asking you because I really want to know. That was a long answer to your short question. But no, no, it's really powerful because I think underlining that what you're teaching is to build communication so that you can build awareness, how that other person's feeling, what their perspective is, what they're experiencing. So you can understand it and be aware of what's happening out in the environment so that you can show up as the best partner and person to support them. But you're also creating an environment where it's comfortable for you to be able to share that type of feedback with your partner so that you can address those conflicts before they grow into big monsters. You know, you want to kill it when it's small before it grows into some kind of big resentment that's been going on for years and gets brought up over and over again. You're fighting about something that actually isn't even the thing. And the thing I want to remind the listeners is the reason we're talking about this is because the investor mindset is about investing in yourself. Yes. Investing in yourself means investing in learning how to have better communication. It means investing in assets that are going to pay you. It means investing in education that's going to allow you to get skills. You can grow your income and get more freedom. All of this stuff leads to the end result of having a more enjoyable, successful life because success to me isn't about the money. The money just is the tool that allows you to do it. But people who are happily married end up having a much higher income potential 
it's shown statistically, let alone one of the biggest decisions you make in your life financially is who you marry and whether or not you end up leaving or they leave that marriage because yeah. divorce is extremely expensive. Yeah, you want a minimum 50% downtick in your stock of your life? <laughs> Get a divorce, right? It's like, like that's, that's not, if you're looking at, look, as an investor, I believe you should be looking at it at a, com on a completely different level because just like anything, I don't, I have a friend, Garrett Gunderson, who talks about passive income. And he talks about like, what, what else in your life can you look at as passive? Can you really be passive in your income? Or are you going to be a steward over what you're investing in and, and where you're sending your money? But the same way, can you be passive in your marriage and think mm -hmm. it's going to be successful? Can you be passive in your health and think you're going to be successful? No. So as an investor, even more so, you should be looking at, okay, I'm putting this amount of capital in an investment, hoping to get this type of ROI. And I'm mm -hmm. hopefully making a strategic uh, uh, decision. Mm -hmm. Same thing in your relationship. Where are you taking your capital of your emotional capital, your relational capital and putting it into your marriage? And sometimes your physical capital, where are you spending the most amount of your time physically on the areas that you want to grow? And it just makes sense, right? If you're not mm -hmm. going to do it, then don't expect it to grow. Don't be surprised on that day where 10 years into your relationship, your spouse comes to you and is like, Hey, I'm done. Like you don't mm -hmm. care to invest in this and you think it's going fine. It's that immediate downturn of your stock of, Oh, I wasn't paying attention to it. It's been going down and all of a sudden it's bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to do it in your life. When it's so much harder to fix a problem when you're bankrupt than it is when things are going well. And so as soon as you stop putting attention into your business or your investments, who knows what's going to happen, let alone in your marriage. And you got to think about the attention ROI that you're getting. You're yep. putting in that attention, those little bids for connection, those, those opportunities for improved communication, and you're building up an asset. And that asset allows you to then focus attention elsewhere. And when everything starts crumbling down, and now you've got to rebuild your marriage, the same as rebuilding your balance sheet or your business, you're going to have to focus a lot of attention. It's going to take a lot of energy, which is going to take you away from other things that are important in your life. So the best ROI is getting ahead of it and learning the things that Dino's sharing with us here today. And what do people do mostly, right? They don't really think about that, that people who do uh, a bad job of that, they don't think about it until it's too late. My, I have a friend, Sarah, who, uh, teaches on culture. Like I teach a lot about culture in my offices and I have the culture equation and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she says, culture is like the black box of a business. Nobody really pays attention until it crashes. Like on the mm -hmm. plane, it's the first thing we go to look for is like, oh, what happened? The black box will tell us. When a business crumbles, we do the same thing. Oh, what was the culture like? What was the leadership like? We go to that because that's a black box. And I would extend that to your relationship. You just said a very important word of attention. I think relationships require attention. It makes sense, right? Where we put our attention, that's going to give us the most growth. When a when a relationship, a marriage crashes, what do we all do? Uh, did they spend time together? What were they? We look at the we're, look for the black box of their attention, of how much they cared and spend time with each other, and how much of like focus they are putting on their actual relationship. And what's so cool about this, do you know, is that these same ideas apply in your business. They apply to the people that you bring on, the way that you treat them, 
and that is an asset in itself because when you treat people really well and you motivate them and you build that muscle internally where they can self-motivate themselves and build their skills, now you have an asset, that loyalty that's going to carry forward in your business and in your life. And they'll equate their success to your business. It's one of the reasons why I do what I do. And I talk to my, I work a lot in the medical field and I talk to the doctors. I'm like, listen, if you can help your team members have better relationships, better, more happiness outside, they're going to equate that to the fact that they found those answers, that they got supported with that here in your business. And they're going to want to stay longer and work harder and be more productive. It just makes sense. It's re- it's really cool. I'm I'm really loving this, and I know that there's so much more we can get into. But before we wrap up today, what I'd really like to talk about is a really challenging time in your life. You know, mm-hmm. I know you were working in media. You were you know working on an acting career, doing various things in entertainment, and then you started investing in some different assets in real estate. You made some bad investments. The market changed, and you were forced to go into yep. bankruptcy. Yeah. But you were married and you had kids and yeah. you had responsibilities. And so talk to us about what that felt like to go through that. And then more importantly, let's talk about in relationship to the relationship that you had, your primary marriage, um, that how how did that what what was that experience like and what allowed you to be able to persist through that in keeping the most important thing, the most important? Well, it wasn't fun. That's a pretty easy way to say it. I, I was not, uh, it was, it was really stressful. And I, and I'll say I got involved in investments that I, I wasn't a steward over. I wasn't paying too much attention. It was giving me a huge return on investment. And that's what I was caring about because I was making the main thing. Oh, I'm going to make a lot of money for my family and making my family the excuse. And hey, as long as it's working and turning a blind eye to red flags and uh, so what happened with it? And, and I'll, and I'll say that wasn't the most trying time in my life at all. Right now that I look back on it, I'm like, geez, I would take that challenge over some of the ones that, <laughs> you know, we deal with as, as adults and having adult kids anytime. But I, I end up really losing almost everything. We lost everything except for our house. We had cars repossessed and all that stuff. And, um, I ended up taking a job to where I was literally knocking door to door, selling alarms for homes in Yuma, Arizona, in the middle of 120 degree heat. It was the worst ever, but it taught me. And every day I was out there on the doors, I would tell myself, this is going to be a part of my story. It's not my story. I'm going to tell the story from the stage one day. I'm going to talk to people about this. And the thing that got me through it was definitely my relationship because we had a strong relationship ahead of time. We were going into it with our foundation that was strong, but there was a moment after I had a very successful, uh, the good thing about door to door sales is that you can work for four months, really, really, really hard. And you can make a good amount of money if you do it, if you are, if you do it well. And luckily I was successful with it, but I will never forget. I tell the story sometimes where, I know Shannon loves me no matter what. I mean, take away anything illegal or immoral, right? But (laughs) she loves me. And I was sitting on our bed, uh, at the edge of our bed. I was getting ready for the day. And Shannon and I were talking about some of the things I want to do in business and some of the challenges I had. And she came out and getting ready in in the bathroom. And she said, uh, I want you to know, she goes, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Mm. And I went, what? And she goes, I need you to figure this out 
because I don't know if I could do another year like this. Mm. And that was kind of a wake up moment because the challenge was, was that I was really resting on the fact that she loved me and I was, Mm -hmm. uh, and that she cared about me and we had that foundation, but I was, I was kind of like someone who's successful and then rests on that success and doesn't go seek more success afterwards. Mm -hmm. I had a successful relationship and I took it for granted. And I just assumed no matter what, as long as we have our relationship, as long as we have our, uh, we're together, we're fine. But that was a moment where she came to me and she said, I love you. And I, I don't want this to be the end of anything, but you need to figure this out because I can't ask myself to go through this for another year or the rest of our life. And that was a big switch. And within like six months, my business had completely changed. I had more focus, I had more attention. And uh, that was how we got through it. But uh, yeah, it's been, it, it, it was not a good time and, and I, it was necessary and it was the thing that shifted and my business is even different from what it turned into then it's different than it is now, but yeah, that definitely was a, a, a big slap in the, in the head. Well, I think it's when we go through these really challenging times, they, they are an opportunity for us to grow, to experience going out and door knocking going in and doing very difficult things and having that ego hit that comes along with a loss. And realistically in business and in life, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be things that we don't want to happen, that we don't have control over in the moment based on past decisions or things that we didn't even have an influence over. And yet we have to be able to face them. And what I think is so valuable, the lessons that I take away from this is the importance of everything we just talked about when it comes to dealing with an extremely challenging time is that the relationship was solid because of the foundation that you had built over years or decades prior to that happening so that you didn't end up losing all of your money and also losing your marriage and being in one of the most tough situations that so many people go through because they were focused on, on one thing when, they, they didn't even realize that there was a problem over here, but then let alone the, the second lesson is the ability to have that communication to feel comfortable having her say, you know what, this is a little bit too much for me. We need to make a change. And then you being able to hear that. And although it must've been difficult to hear and maybe emotional in the moment, the ability to then pivot and change and look for a new solution, which I think is so critical towards not even having a great relationship, but just having a great life. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I, and, and here we go all the way back to the beginning, right? I think that's what I really started to get as a kid and growing up was the importance of being willing to, even, even when it is uncomfortable, even when it's not nice, they're willing to just be able to come through and say, well, this is how I'm feeling. And now I need to seek the actual answer to it. I think sometimes there are people in life who, who don't do that. Uh, they have the challenge of, they see the problem, but they just sit in the problem mm. and they go, okay, well, let me go find an answer or find somebody who has that answer and focus on that. And, um, I'm still learning. Like my wife and I are still, I'm 51 years old. We, we are still looking at, okay, how can I pivot? had a conversation with her recently that being in my current career, there are certain things I want to do that I don't know how to do. And I had to have a conversation with her where I had to say to her, I'm like, I know you, you want me to do this stuff over here, or you see this opportunity over here, but I don't know how to do that. So I got to go find mm-hmm. the people who can help me do that. And, and luckily I am doing that, but 
yeah, it's, it's a continual learning process forever. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's really important because a lot of people, and I know I've felt this myself at points times where it's like, man, I should have made it by now, but yeah. 10 years ago, that version of myself exists. And he's looking at me saying, how the heck did you even get here? Yeah. You have made it. Yeah. But then the goalpost keeps moving in our life in everything from business to relationships to investments and everything in between where it's like, <laughs> We keep wanting more yet having the gratitude to where we are, but then being comfortable knowing that that pursuit is yeah. what's fulfilling the pursuit and the growth that comes along with it. Um, we just have to embrace it and want to keep learning and want to keep asking the questions and going and finding the people who can teach us. Oh, there are times where I definitely look at, I was in Hawaii recently uh, doing a, a speech and, I went out to the beach and I saw those guys, you know, who are just like surfers. They live in their van and they just surf every <laughs> day and they get odd jobs. And there was definitely a part of me where I went, dude, I want to, how, how did, how come I miss that boat? They yeah. see, happy, they see content, they see, and, and that's, that's fine. And I don't know what they are or not, but in my eyes, from my perspective, mm -hmm. I was like, that kind of sounds cool for a bit. But then I really like having a home and I really like being able to go do stuff whenever I want, you know, so it's, it's all a payoff, but yeah, it's, it's just that perspective again. It's funny. Cause I've had that experience a bunch of different times in my life where I look at other people and, you know, my personality trait is, you know, I'm going after things. I want to be successful. I want to use that pain from the past to drive me to the yeah. forward. And I want to learn how to live in happiness and love. And I've, been doing a bunch of that, but then you look and I, I don't mean anything negative by this, but I mean, uh, just literally people who are simple and content and they're happy in their job and they're not going after anything. And I look at them and I'm like, man, it would be so much easier if I could just live in that place, but that's just not me. You know, like you've heard the story of the Mexican fishermen where the, have you heard that story with the Mexican? No, fishermen? tell it. So basically the story is there's a Mexican fisherman and an American businessman comes down to, to see him and he uh, meets him on the beach and he's like, Hey, so, uh, so tell me a little bit about your business. I said, well, I, I go out, I fish in the morning and then I come home and I cook some of the fish with my family and we spend time together and have fun. Mm -hmm. and, and then we go to sleep and, you know, we start the next day again, guys. Oh, that's, uh, let me tell you, like your fish is so good. This is what you should do. And he basically gives him a business plan so they can though the grow, grow his business and then he can sell it to a corporation. And the end result is after he does all of those things, then he'll be able to do that so that he can spend time with his family when he wants to spend time with his family. Yeah. It's like, well, he's happy and content doing what he's doing. Why are we going to try to mess that up? But that's what we do, right? We're like, oh, this is real success because you got this amount of money or whatever. I had a doctor once who I was talking to, called me up, talked to me about coming to his office and stuff. And he said, you know, I want you to know, I'm very happy with where my business is. Uh, I surf every other day. I, I leave work at a certain time. Mm. I have these many clients and I work this many uh, days per week. I don't want to change that. And he said that because he knows that most consultants, when they come in, are thinking, how can we make you more money? How can you grow bigger? And I said, mm -hmm. great. As long as you know that's what you want, then let's do that and just make you even more happier in what you're doing and happier, efficient in what you're doing. We don't have to make you more money. He goes, great. Yeah. That's what I want. And that's what that's I think most so people don't know is they don't know what they want. 
Now, most anyway, people haven't sat down and thought about, well, what do I want for my life? What do yeah. I want my relationship to look like? How do I want to interact with people? What kind of things do I want to do? And then how do I back into that, back into what actually that dream life looks like? Yeah. And yet it's so powerful when you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, I have one more question for you, but before yeah. we uh, get into that last question, share with the audience where they can follow you or uh, tap into some of your content and teachings. Yeah. DinoWatt.com is my speaking site. I have DinoWatt Consulting, which talks a little bit about my philosophies around business and leadership. And then I'm on all the socials. Uh, I do a lot of social media stuff and I've been really picking up my presence on LinkedIn, putting out a lot of content and stuff on there. So, yeah. That's amazing. Well, this has been so much fun, Dino. The last question I have for you is for all the people who are listening, who are sitting there, they've been taking this in, they've been nodding their head along, they've been saying to themselves, man, I know I need to make some of these changes, but I just haven't done it yet. I know what I need to do, but I can't seem to get myself to move forward. What do you recommend to those people? Uh, I would say exactly what we just said a moment ago, which is find out what you truly want. I don't think most people know what they want. They know what they wish. Mm -hmm. I, I make the joke from stage because I still haven't done it. It's like, I've always said I wanted six pack abs and I know you can't see my full body, but I don't have six pack abs <laughs> and I don't truly want them. I wish that I'd wake up tomorrow and I'd have them. And I think that's where a lot of us, go within our business. Because if you look at the true factor and the evidence of want in your life, literally everything you have right now is what you at one point wanted and did whatever it takes to get it. Whether it be a happy marriage, whether it be a big business, whether it be better investments, whatever, you wanted it, so you went and got it. So I think really getting clear on what you want and what you're willing to sacrifice to get it. I'm not willing to sacrifice three hours a day in the gym to get my six pack abs. That's what I, the story I'm telling myself is that it's necessary, right? It's probably not all of that, but I'm not willing to sacrifice that yet. So therefore I don't have that, but I am willing to sacrifice some other things. So I have happy marriage, happy, you know, whatever my business. So figure out what you want for sure. And then you can reverse engineer how to get it. Mm. I love that. Such a powerful way to wrap up a great episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Dino. And thank you all for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. Hey, this is Steven again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is the Insider's Newsletter. Would you enjoy getting a single email every week with some of my favorite things, including tips and strategies on how to get the most out of your life and your investments? Basically, what it is is some of the coolest things that I've discovered or am pondering when it comes to life, investing, and business delivered in a short email every week to your inbox. Easy to sign up for, easy to cancel. If you'd like to try it out, type into your browser, investormindset.com newsletter to get started, and you'll get the very next one.